This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. talk to you from our hearts for a few minutes this morning. We don't necessarily have a formal sermon, and uh, if you came looking for something polished, I do apologize in advance, but we just, we just want to share what the Lord placed on our hearts to encourage you with today, and it's simply that, you know, we have the privilege of the gospel. As people who are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, It is our privilege to be able to share the good news. And my husband reminded us all the other night that the good news is still the good news, that the gospel is still powerful, that it still really is life-changing, and that when people get a hold of the gospel and the message of the gospel, they're never the same. I can testify of it because God has impacted my life and transformed my life, and each of you have your own testimony of where God has brought you from. And to be able to share that with someone else, it's not a duty, it's not a drudgery, it is a true privilege that we can testify of the mighty works of Jesus Christ. And as we've shared our mission and our vision today, we have referenced the Great Commission. And that is the mission and the heartbeat of the church. And I know that Tommy mentioned it already, but I'm going to read Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And it said, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So here we read the Great Commission and As we were thinking and studying, I was reminded that the Great Commission is not just a suggestion. It's not something that we maybe should do at some point of our lives, but it is something that all disciples would do, all followers of Jesus Christ would do to take the gospel into all of the world, to teach and to make disciples and to instruct people in the way that Jesus instructed them. And in thinking about the Great Commission, It's something that is talked about a lot. And most people in church at some point have heard the Great Commission and the concept and the idea of the Great Commission, and they can quote the verses of the Great Commission, and it's kind of like, oh, we're talking about that again. Let's just be real. We, we hear these things over and over and over, and I think that sometimes when we hear something over and over, there's a, a saying that says that familiarity breeds contempt, and something loses meaning, and it loses value that we've once had, or that it once had, and, and today I'm praying that God would grip our hearts with a sense of urgency, and a sense of passion, and a sense of fervor, for what we know to be the great commission, not the great suggestion, not the great omission as Tim Hill would talk about, but the great commission, the work and the ministry of Jesus being continued on. Because it's a universal uh, calling and a charge. 
And it's common knowledge in the church, but not always common practice. And we're not here to beat anybody up today. We're just here to encourage the body of Christ. That, you know, we, we understand that life is real and life is busy. And that in life we face brokenness and, and we, we're just bombarded with so many different things. And it's not that we don't love God. It's not that we don't value ministry. It's not that we don't value uh, what God has called us to. But it's that life gets in the way and we get weary and we just lose sight of priorities sometimes. And that doesn't make us bad people. It just makes us human. It just makes us people who are just in this thing called life. And even in the midst of all of that, God can emphasize to us the main things. We know that scripture tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto us. And I think today that 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 needs to be emphasized to us to seek first the kingdom, to have the priority of the mission and mandate of Jesus Christ even in, and it's an intentional thing because it doesn't always come easy. It doesn't come easy to place the kingdom of God before our desires. It doesn't become easy to pursue ministry when we're tired and, and we just want to go hang out somewhere and, and we just want to be normal people and go to the beach. And, but we've got to call. You know, God loves us so much that he enables us to have times of rest and I think that that's why we get weary is because we don't rest when he's told us in his word it, it, to take a Sabbath. I mean, it's one of the it's one of the Ten Commandments to take a Sabbath and to rest. And when we get overwhelmed and we get overworked, we become weary and we forget the importance and the value of what God has called us to and and the ministry that he's called us to. And we understand that this commission has been given to us as a church but there's also an individual part that we all play in this commission a personal responsibility to be laborers in the harvest and God has called us and and he's equipped us with the ability to carry out this commission in a personal way with gifts with talents a calling that is so unique to each of us you are so valued did you know that that in the body of Christ, there are so many members and so many parts, and one's not more valuable than the other. The ear is not more valuable than the eye, and the, the foot is not more valuable than the hand. In the body of Christ, we are all valuable, and we're all needed. And that's why today I believe that the Lord is speaking what he's speaking, and I'm going to let Tommy take it from here, because I believe that the Lord started something in worship today, and I think that he wants to bring refreshing to his people. Yes. And with the greatness of the mandate of the Great Commission, as Ashton was saying, in, in, in our bodies, in this, in this mortal flesh that we have, we, we get tired, we get weary. And there's an admonition given by the writer of Galatians in chapter, nine, chapter 6, verse 9, which says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, if we faint not. So part of that well-doing is, is fulfilling the Great Commission. It's, it's accomplishing that, that part and that calling that God has placed on our, our daily lives and as individuals. And the writer is admonishing us not to be wary in accomplishing what God has called us to do. 
And to to be weary, um, I used to really think of being weary as almost like a wilted flower. Like you just feel tired and weary. But it, it doesn't just mean being tired. It doesn't just mean like wilting. Um, some of us probably felt tired this morning. Um, but weary actually means, uh, it means um, to become discouraged. It means to lose heart, to give up, and to lose one's motivation to accomplish a goal. That's huge. Because I know there's times in my life that I've had a goal and I felt unmotivated. I just felt like, you know, I have this assignment due for school or there's an MIP assignment or something else or, um, or even, even a work of the ministry which we feel unmotivated to accomplish. And in that, we feel weary. And in, in living our lives for God, you know, we have some incredible moments that we experience when, when God's presence touches our lives, when he just speaks a word that just changes us forever and speaks to the inmost part of who we are. And there's times that we feel like we could just soar on eagles' wings and there's, uh, everything's just great and everything's wonderful. And there's also times when in our Christian lives we, we feel discouraged. We feel like giving up. We feel like we're unmotivated uh, to keep on keeping on. And we find in Scripture, there's examples of this all throughout. We find Elijah. He, he experienced fire falling from heaven and consuming the sacrifice, the altar, and basically left a meteor crater right there from, from God. And this tremendous victory, Israel's hearts turned back to God, and then he goes into a desert of discouragement because Jezebel said she was going to kill him. And we find that David, he was anointed king over Israel. He slew Goliath. He won uh, victory after victory. And then we find that he's, he's running as a vagabond in the wilderness because of jealous King Saul trying to take his life. And we find the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. I mean, this guy is on fire. He's preaching the gospel. Signs, wonders, and miracles are following his ministry. And yet he also gets beat, he gets tortured, he gets stoned, he gets shipwrecked and imprisonment, and the list goes on in, on his ministry. So we're going to experience times that are difficult, that are wearisome, where it'll make us want to feel discouraged or not want to keep on keeping on. But the writer encourages us that, he doesn't say that weariness won't come, but he says what to do when it does. <laughs> That's encouraging to me. Uh, so how do we not grow weary? When it comes, what do we do when weariness comes, when we feel unmotivated, when we feel discouraged? And it says to remember and to focus on the fact that we're going to get a return on our investment. That as we are sowing seeds, as we're watering, as we're spreading the gospel, as we're doing good works, that we are going to see a fulfillment of those things. We're going to reap a harvest. And I love how Hebrews 12 and 2 states that Christ was able to endure the cross, the pain, the shame, the suffering. He was in, able to endure the, the worst that mankind had to offer him because of the goal that was set before him. Because he could see himself sitting at the right hand of the Father. He could see the, the countless millions and billions of people who would be saved as a result of his sacrifice. And he kept on going. Seeing in our minds and in our hearts what we're looking towards, what we're working forward towards, it can bring that, that breath of fresh air that we need. It can take that wilting flower and, and put a little sunshine and some rain on it that'll make it bloom again. When we can see the vision that is set before us, we can keep on going 
and we can get re-motivated again to accomplish that goal. And that's something that Ashton and I have, have had to try and do in church planning. We've had our days when we felt, yeah, we're going to do this for God. It's going to be amazing. And we have other days where we're like, oh God, is this ever going to happen? And how, how, how's this going to work out? And, and how's this problem going to be solved? But we just remember, God gave us a vision, and we're going to see souls saved and changed in Burgaw and Pender County, and wherever we find ourselves, we want to be just an expression of Jesus that will, people will see and be changed by. So don't be discouraged that you haven't seen the results yet. Keep pressing, keep aiming for the goal and the vision that God has placed in your life. Um, keep on moving forward, because we're going to reap, we shall reap in due season but we also need to understand that it is conditional. There is a chance that you won't reap. It says we reap if we faint not. There's a condition to it. That tells me that it's possible to reap something and it's also possible not to reap something. And so the only way that you don't reap something is if you quit on the way. The only way that you don't get the prize, you don't get the harvest is if you don't make it to the finish line and you faint on the way. And so what makes a difference between seeing the return of the investment is if you faint or if you, or if you don't. And so that means that we have a choice to make. And you know, recently I heard um, about marathon runners. And I forget if it's the 26th mile or the 28th mile, but runners will probably know it. Uh, around, there's, there's a certain point when someone's running a, a certain marathon that they feel like their organs are going to burn up and explode, like everything on, like in their body is saying, stop running. And they have to determine before the race ever begins that they know that's going to come and that they're going to keep on running even though their body is telling them to quit. And, and if they don't tell themselves at the beginning of the race that, that this is going to happen and we're going to make it to the finish line, that they're going to quit when it happens because they're, they're literally feeling like they're dying. And so as runners are running that race and they're getting to that 26 or 28 mile mark and their body begins to feel terrible and they feel like they're going to pass out and die, they, their mind has to keep reminding their body, keep going. The finish line is just a few more miles ahead. Keep running. You can make it. And so that's what we need to be reminded of is in our running the race for Christ in, in our lives and what he's given us to do, we're going to get to that point where even our body's like, all right, you got to quit. This isn't working. But it's at that point in which you have to kick it into high gear and say, no, we're going to make it. And the people who keep on running, they don't die. They make it to the finish line. They get the accolade. They get the trophy. They get uh, the title that they're able to run the marathon. We just need to keep on running, even on the days that we feel discouraged. And so we can either let the discouragement and the unmotivation drive us into the ground and, uh, and make us quit, or we can lift up our eyes to what God has spoken and to the vision that is ahead of us and we can keep on running and not faint. And so weariness will come, but we have the choice and we have the tools that God has given us to overcome weariness, to overcome discouragement, to overcome uh, our motivation being attacked. And, you know, it's one of those things that we can, we can help each other with, too. I mean, there's times where, you know, hey, I feel, I feel discouraged today. And you can, like David, encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. We can encourage ourselves to keep on pressing on. And you might see your brother or your sister. They, they might be having a bad day. And you say, hey, you know, what's going on? And have a conversation. Pray for them. Say, hey, let's go out and grab a coffee or eat some cake and <laughs> feel better about it, you know? And so we can help each other when we feel discouraged. And, and, and just to be reminded and to remind each other of, of the prize that is ahead, that, hey, there's a reward if we faint not, if we faint not. Just keep your eyes fixed on the prize. Get the eye of the tiger. Keep on pressing forward.
you know, I've never had that perspective of looking at that verse before. We can still reap a harvest even when we're weary. We can still reap a harvest even when we don't feel like pressing on. But if we faint and if we give up, we lose our harvest. We lose our reward. And, and maybe that's encouragement to someone here today that you feel weary. You feel like you can't reap a, a reward because you're just weary and you're burnt out and you're tired. Let that be a word for you today is that there's still a reward when you're weary. Keep pressing. Don't give up. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep going forward into the ministry that God's called you to. Keep being faithful because God rewards faithfulness and steadfastness and the ability to just keep standing and to keep working and to keep doing. And as we were preparing for today, the Lord just reminded me of something in Second Peter. Uh, and we find it in verse 1 and 13, and then it's also echoed in Second Peter, Peter 3 and 1. And it's talking about how Peter was writing to his audience with the intention to be, for them to be stirred up by way of remembrance. He was specifically writing to those people, not something new. It wasn't a fresh revelation per se. He wasn't giving them something that they hadn't heard before. But he was just reminding them of what they had already been told. He was, they were just being reminded of what the prophets had said and the teaching that they had already heard. And when I thought about that, you know, what we're sharing with you today, it's, it's familiar. You know the Great Commission. I'm sure you've heard Galatians 6 and 9 at some point in your life of, of not becoming weary and well-doing. And, and so today, we're just praying that what... Peter wrote would be what the Holy Spirit writes on your heart today, that we all would be stirred up by way of remembrance, by something that we have already known. And, and the what of this is the mandate and the great commission, but I think it's also very important that we're stirred up by way of remembrance as the why, the why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why does this church exist? Why are you still here? Why didn't Jesus rapture you or take you home as soon as you were saved? Why are you here? Why? And it's for the purpose for you to share the gospel and to share in the ministry of reconciliation, to share in spreading hope and joy to the people that we come in contact with. And I think that when we are reminded of the why, that we're not just doing this so that we can feel good about ourselves or so that we can have trophies or so that we can put on our monthly minister's report, 10 people got saved this month, but we make it personal and we look back to where God has brought us from and we remember what it was to feel that joy and that freedom of coming to an altar and saying yes to Jesus and saying that we believe that he came and he died for us and he transformed our lives. When we remember where he brought us from, when we were in darkness, when we were in despair and he brought us into the marvelous light of Christ, where we were in a pit of hopelessness and we were in a pit of miry clay, but he, he set our feet upon a rock and he established our goings and he put a new song in our mouth so that we could sing praises unto our God. When we remember what God has done for us and where he's brought us from, some of you have a testimony of where 
where he's brought you out out of and where he's brought you from and you can share that testimony and it changed someone else's life because if he did it for you Valerie he can do it for me if he did it for you he can do it for someone else if he did it in your life his power has not changed and I believe today that we need a remembering stirred up in us about where God brought us from how he picked us up and turned us around, how he placed our feet on solid ground, how he really did something for us that is of eternal value that no human can do, that no human can take away. You know, as we're bombarded by life, we've just got to be reminded that this thing that we have, this hope that we have, it is eternal and it is secure. It is eternal. And I just pray today that God would renew in all of us a sense of passion and a sense of purpose. I believe that we were all created on purpose with purpose. I believe that we were all created to be used by God and that we're not accidents, but that we're here by divine design. And I pray that as we we grasp a hold of the purpose of God for our lives, and, and you might be here today and you might say, I don't know what that purpose is. I I don't know what I've been created for. Well, you're in a great place to seek the Lord to find that out for your life. Because the scripture tells us that if we seek and we ask and we knock, that the door will be open to us, that God will speak to us and he'll give us direction. When we seek him, we will find him. And we serve a God that still speaks to his people. When we seek him and ask him for direction and ask him for wisdom and for guidance and for vision for our lives, God isn't going to say, okay, that was nice. I heard you. Have a nice life. He's not going to ignore our petition and our plea. But he's going to respond to us and he's going to speak to us. And I pray that our hearts will be open to receive whatever it is that the Holy Spirit would speak to us today. That in our own lives the mission of the gospel, the mission of the church, it would be personal. And I was thinking about how the Great Commission and the command to go, how it is this widespread commission. And I thought Tommy was about to to steal my preaching point here earlier because it is this broad scale go into all the world and that can be overwhelming. And we get discouraged sometimes when we aren't necessarily winning stadiums full of people. Let's just be real. How awesome would it be for each of us to have an opportunity to preach to a stadium full of people and like a million people or whatever get saved? Wouldn't that be amazing? Like we would be living on that victory for a long time. But sometimes it's not necessarily about going to win nations, but it's about going to win a family on our street. Going to witness to that person on our job that we're like, God, why do we have to deal with this person every single day? And they get on our last nerve, but the Holy Spirit's placed us in that position to witness to them and to show love because no one else wants to deal with them. I pray today that God would give us a heart for the lost and a vision to see those around us as not just another annoying person let's just be real not just another person of oh we've got to deal with them today but to have a heavenly perspective to look at people and say you know what I see beyond the facade that you put on to a condition of brokenness 
to a condition of sin. And I look beyond all of those things to see that there is a person and a soul that is in need of a Savior. And if we can just get the perspective of heaven today, I believe that God will stir us up. I believe that he'll stir our hearts and he'll stir passion in us and ignite something in us. And that's what we want to see today. We don't want to just see dwelling place church advance the kingdom and, and again, us have all these numbers that we can put on a report to say that we've really done something. But we want to be able to link arms with people just like you to say, hey, we're in this thing together and we're going to win souls together. And we want to see you succeed and we want to see you walk in purpose because we're all a part of the body of Christ and when you win, we win. And when we win, you win. And when we experience victories, we all experience these victories together. So we're thankful today that we have the privilege of the gospel, that we have the message of hope, that Jesus Christ willingly came down from heaven he was sent by the Father, but he willingly came down from heaven to be a sacrifice, to be the spotless lamb who would give himself to atone for the sins of the world. And while we were sinners, and while we weren't going to accept him, and while we were the ones in, in walking in sin, Jesus still did it for us. He came to die for us. And when he said it is finished on the cross, he didn't mean his life was over, but he meant that the plan of salvation had been accomplished. And we know that what happened in the next few days is that he took the keys to death and hell and the grave and that he overcame the enemy and he overcame death and he overcame darkness. And the hope that we have as Christians is that our Savior lives and because he lives, we live also and we have new life and new freedom in him. And we get to tell the greatest story ever. We get to share this and see people's lives be changed. That's the power of the gospel. That it's for the uttermost, it's for every individual, and it's still real and powerful. Tommy, will you lead us in prayer today? I'd first like to give the invitation, as Ashton said, with every head bowed and every eye closed, that if you hadn't received Jesus as your Savior, it's very easy, it's very simple. He was the one who paid our price on the cross for our sin. And it's just a simple prayer that you have to pray just to receive that gift. And so if that's you today and you'd like to receive Christ as your Savior, if you just slip your hand up today, we would love to pray with you and to invite you to invoke, to go on a journey with Jesus, to have a relationship with him, to learn what all it is that he did and accomplished and what it is to live for him. And today I also want to give an invitation of refreshing. I believe that God wants his people to be motivated. He wants his people to be encouraged. And there are times in our lives where we simply aren't. Circumstances happen. Situations arise. And we get discouraged. We get unmotivated. We can get jaded. We can get to a place where we're just going through the motions and things are just mundane. 
But I want to extend an invitation to you today that if you just need refreshing, you might not even be in a place of discouragement, but you might just need to be refreshed. That's okay. I want to invite you to come to this altar and to spend some time before the Lord because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll walk and not faint, they'll run and not grow weary, they'll rise on eagles' wings and soar. And I believe that God wants the believers in this house today to feel his refreshing, to feel his, his power and his anointing today. And so if you just want a touch from God, I would just invite you to come to this altar. Spend some time in worship, spend some time praying. And we're going to pray over you as well that the Lord would strengthen your arms, that he would bring a spiritual Aaron in her to you as, as he did to Moses, and he would uplift those weary hands that are necessary for winning the battle. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that God is wanting to do something special in his people today. And you might say, you know, Brother Tommy, I'm, I'm good, I, I feel encouraged, I'm motivated, I, I, I'm great. Then I want to encourage you to stand in the gap for someone else that you know. They may be going through a tough time. They may not be in a place where they can get physically to church. They might be in a place where they're discouraged and you might be having a conversation with them later today or later in the week. Come and stand on, on their behalf today at the altar. You say, God, I lift up so-and-so before you. I lift up my family before you. I lift up my friend before you. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would minister in their lives. If that's you, I'll just invite you to come. Thank you, Jesus. wind of heaven blow over them today that would minister to their soul that would minister to their spirit God to the the very deepest part of themselves God that Lord they would feel refreshed and renewed today God I thank you father for strengthening your people today that Lord we know that it's not by mind it's not by power but it is by your spirit And that, God, if we will call out to you, you will not leave us hanging, you will not leave us discouraged, but that you will bring encouragement, that you will bring the harvest, you will bring the return if we faint not. And so, God, I just pray that you would strengthen your people today. You would strengthen them to run the race with endurance, to run the race as if to win. Lord, I thank you for the calling and the gifts that you've placed in each and every one of their lives. God, they may not know even as of yet what their calling is. But Lord, you knew way before, even before they were born, God, and you were forming and fashioning them in their mother's wombs. I thank you, God, that, Lord, you had a plan and a calling and a purpose on their lives. Mm. I thank you, Father, for the giftings and the talents and the anointing that you've given them, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you'd give them a supernatural di direction, God, that they would be planted in the place where they could use their gifts to glorify your name. That'll be an encouragement to others that will help others to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
I thank you, Father, for stirring up within them the gifts. Oh, God, not just physical talents, but, Lord, the, the gifts of your spirit. Lord, I thank you, God, for the gift of prophecy and of healing and of tongues to interpretation, God. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing to rest on your people today. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that we don't have to be ashamed of the gospel, but that we have the privilege of the gospel, that we are the ones who have tasted and seen of the goodness of the Lord. We are the ones who, who experience not just life everlasting to come, but life everlasting right now, because Jesus came to give us life and life much abundantly, and the enemy came to steal, kill, and to destroy. But we thank you, Father, that the plans of the enemy are canceled, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper that your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we just say yes to you today. We say yes to your plan. We say yes to your way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.